Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Today's episode brought to you by Mack Weldon, uh, underwear that's probably better than what you're wearing right now and other stuff besides underwear. But I like the underwear. My wife says I look good in their underwear and my wife's out of my league. They got uh, antimicrobial in there, means that it eliminates smells. Very, very useful if you're a man with bowel problems like I have. They want you to be comfortable. You don't like the first pair, keep it. They'll refund your money, no questions asked. Look good, perform well. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code BEAUTIFUL. Hello, world. My name is Chris Gethard, and you're listening to Beautiful Anonymous. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. Beautiful slash anonymous. It stands for the beautiful stories from anonymous people, which is the longer, more emo version of the title. And that kind of spells out what this show is. It's a show where I want to hear stories. You can call in, anybody in the world, call in, talk to me. Just don't tell me who you are. You can have up to an hour of my time. When we record it, we have a real honest interaction because I don't think there's enough of those in my life, at least. And I bet other people feel that way. So that's what this podcast is. One conversation at a time. Just a genuine interaction that's it anonymous up to an hour hang up if you feel like it i don't get to hang up let's do it this one oh my god i I think about this one sometimes at night when i can't sleep it's because this one pops into my head man this guy was the best he uh i'll tell you a lot of podcasts out there you listen to these interview podcasts they interview uh celebrities and the president and all kinds of people who get picked up in cars that the podcast paid for. This guy is calling me from a car that he's hiding in. That's the starting point is he's hiding in a car that sets the tone for everything. This one, I tell you, this guy, he's such a fighter. He's such an underdog. That's the exact type of person I love in this world is underdogs who really know how to fight. And he doubles down on that, triples down on that. And all the details that come out about his past, man, I tell you, you I, I'm not the only person who's going to listen to this who winds up really rooting for this dude and what he represents. And I'll tell you, by the end... The amount of energy this guy is bringing, he's unleashing, and I love it. I hope you love it, too. Let me know. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hey, this is Gethard. How are you? Hey, what's up? Eh, not much. Just a second. I'm in a weird hallway right now. Am I echoey? Oh, no, I think you're pretty good. Uh, they'll let me know. I don't really have cool. the authority to answer that, but I just got the thumbs up on it. You sound good. Uh, awesome. How are you? I'm good. So just remember, you can hang up at any point you want if it gets uncomfortable or if you got to go, but I can't hang up for an hour. So you get up to an hour. If you want to hang up, feel free. Awesome. All right. So, so I can uh, Baba Booey for 45 minutes. In what sense? In what sense are you Baba Booey, a.k.a. Gary Delabate? The Howard Search? No, I meant just kind of the... Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Oh, yeah. If you, want, if you just want to heckle me, basically heckle me on the phone for an hour, I have to just endure it. Yeah. 
or we can have a conversation. It's really, it's up to you. Yeah, we, we can have a conversation. Okay, yeah, so what are we talking about? But, I don't know, I'm at work. I just took about a 30-minute break in my car. I walked back in, and then I got through, so... Okay, so you... Going back outside to skip some more time. Yeah, I was just going to say, you work at a job where you can apparently sit in your car for 30 minutes and then also just talk to me for an hour? Yeah, I just... uh, Nobody's here for Thanksgiving. So you're just doing whatever you want. customer service for, like, accounts payable. How is that? How do you like that? Oh, it's the worst, Chris. Yeah, it sounds like it. I didn't want to be judgmental, but it sounds awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a job where it sounds like you're hiding in your car. It sounds like you when you yeah. say you took a break and sat in your car, that to mm-hmm. me sounds like a person who is not thrilled with with the situation. Yeah. So you're escaping. You're looking for active escape. Some, yeah, I'm some, looking for escape. Some of it sitting in your car, being on a phone with me, anything you can do to not be working mm. at this job. Yes. Okay, so how uh, how how temporary is this? How much is this? This is your thing right now. Uh, I don't know. You don't know. You don't. It you should might. be. I've been. It's been a year. I've been doing this. And when you started it, did you tell it? Was it a situation where you're like, maybe this will be all right? Maybe this will be a thing? Or were you like, I'm going to do this and I'm chasing something else? Yeah, it was just kind of. Oh, that pays enough. I'll start on that. Uh huh. We all got to take those gigs sometimes. Yeah, but it is the sense of being trapped and like, oh, like, am I ever, if I say, like, I need to have enough saved, am I ever going to have enough saved? Yeah, it's a huge question. It's going to be another excuse. A lot of, so you say, uh, you say you, another excuse. Are you somebody who's made a bunch of excuses in the past? Yeah, that's. I feel like I spend a lot of time not doing things and then kind of go too big. Oh, that's interesting. So I got a couple questions. You say, mm-hmm. like, am I ever going to save enough? What are you saving for? Is that saved for, like, a house? Or is that saved to, like, give yourself a year of freedom? Is that saved to go see the world? What are you saving for? Uh, to save just to be like, all right, I've got six months. Time. Save that I don't have to worry about. I wouldn't have to work or something. So you want to buy yourself some time, and then you say you you spend a yeah. lot of time not doing things. That sounds like it ties in. What are the mm. things you're not doing? I don't go to that. Take those improv classes. Uh huh. Go hang out. I just I feel like I've kind of wasted the last year. You've wasted a year, and it's starting to freak you out a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. But even when I say what are the things, you don't quite Yeah, I, you don't really even know what the things are. I feel I'm generally uncertain about everything. You kind of have a dream to have some dreams. Mhm. Man, that's a I don't want to be judgmental. I'm not trying to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. I say this with love. That's a grim, no, that's a grim that's a grim place to be. You have a vague dream of pursuing yeah. something. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough spot. So how do we work on this? Just, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. 
think I've probably been drinking too much, smoking too much weed. Yeah. Self-medicating, they call that. Yeah. Hiding. You're hiding. You don't like what's going yeah. on, and you're hiding. Yeah. No, I feel like that's been a lot of my life lately, is kind of hiding and putting things off and kind of getting the glimpse of like, oh, yeah, that's something. What's the glimpse? Tell me about that's the glimpse. I can't, I can't hear that and not wonder what the glimpse is. What are, this, what are these moments where you're like, this could be it? This is, I feel it. I feel this being the thing I've been looking for. What's the glimpse? Uh, a few months ago, I met a girl that was teaching special education. And that is something I talked about. And then she said that, like, oh, they always need tough guys to hold them down. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a perfect job. Per- Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. She said, is there a lot going on there? Yeah, I actually, I'll tell you on my end, I, I, I left my headphones on, but I reached under to scratch. It sounded to me like you said that a special education teacher said she needs a tough guy to hold them down, referring yeah, to the kids. Looking, and you said that would be a perfect for, job. Yeah, because I feel like uh, when, I, when I look at my life and the things that have defined it, yeah, the big definite. The I think the big thing I always come back to is my interaction with mental illness and other people and just the weirdos. Okay, that's and being fascinating. To that. I don't know if that's what. So you crave that's you an you appropriate enjoy- way to refer to special education kids. No, hey, uh, listen. But it's okay. And the fact that you said you don't yeah, know if it's appropriate, I don't know if it's appropriate either. But I think everybody who's listening to this probably hears you processing through this and understands yeah. you're not judging. You're not saying. I say, I say it with love. Yeah, and, and also it sounds to me like here's the, here's the main thing I'll say. If you're in a customer service job where you're hiding in the car, it sounds to me like mm-hmm. you probably identify as an outsider. You probably identify as an underdog. What we're really saying here is that you root for the underdog and that you see maybe special education kids naturally as outsiders and underdogs and that the idea of working in that world appealed to you because you felt some identification there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's probably the longer fleshed out way to say it as we say it on our feet, but I don't think yeah. it's sensitive. So a, no. a, a woman basically proposed that you be, a, you know, basically what sounds like being like a bouncer in a special education environment. Yeah. Well, and why yeah, didn't you jump on my, it? Why didn't, what, if that had appealed to you? Well, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a job offer. It was something I thought about. And she just talked to me more about the details. Okay. And the details were like, oh, that's more of a, that'd be an actual engage, physically engaging I'm a, I'm a little confused. So was the appeal to be a special education teacher or is there a specific position where you are physically responsible for stopping out of control kids? Uh, I th- that comes with being a special education teacher. But that was, that's the part that you brought up that appealed to that's you? The, that's the part that kind of ding that was like, all right. The actual physical wrestling of the kids. Yeah. Wow. It's a very specific section of With, that world to have the utmost appeal. Yeah, and I, I feel like maybe there aren't a lot of people going in for that reason. To specifically, wait, is this, I have to ask, is it, I'm not judging, I'm just processing here. Mm-hmm. This really is, this, that was the specific part of, not that, necessarily, that I was, get to, not that I'd necessarily get to teach or enlighten these kids. 
but that there's an element of physical physical control that needs to happen. Yeah. An element of physical engagement, that kind of, that was the thing that was like, all right. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't when either. I thought about I'm, this before. I'm flabbergasted. When I thought about this before and thought like, oh, that's something I'd be good at. And she was like, oh, they always need strong guys. Sometimes you got to hold down autistic kids. I was like, oh, okay. She said they've got a big bean bag that if a kid's acting up, they just kind of drop a heavy bean bag on them and hold them down. And that's the part you like? That's the specific. That's the, it sounded. It made it a lot more intriguing. So what do we got to do to get you there? Right. What do I got to do right. on this phone call? What do I got to do in the next forty-nine minutes and twenty-eight seconds to get you to be someone who's not hiding in your car than going home and smoking weed all night and being the type oh. of kid that's dropping the big beanbag on the autistic kids? Yeah, I just got to start uh, moving. But how many, I'll ask you this, and, and this might be, this might get a little, uh, this might put you in a weird headspace. How many, how many days, how, how many, what percentage of days would you say you say some version of, I got to get moving? Uh, most days. Most days. I'd say my internal monologue to myself is usually some form of like, oh, I should be, I need to be exercising. I should be meditating i should be going to therapy there's tons of things applying you, to more jobs there's a whole checklist of things you need to be doing that you're just mm-hmm. opting to not get to yeah and a whole checklist of things that i'm like oh i know like if i get up and meditate for 10 minutes in the morning like that week's a completely different week it's a better day it's a better day and, it's a better yeah, week. it's just a, it's momentum yeah and it's just yeah It's so you're all about momentum, and I'm I'm kind of self sabotaging myself. You're stopping your own momentum, and I yeah, and I think because I'm aware enough of it, that makes me feel like oh, I have control. I'm aware. I'm aware of the mistakes I'm making. So I, let me ask you this, because this feels a little. I'm starting to feel a little. I'm starting to realize something that's maybe making me feel a little bit of pressure. Feels like this. Mm-hmm. F- feels like this phone call becoming therapy well it feels like this phone call is you taking one of the actions you say you don't usually take mm-hmm. so i feel some responsibility to affect permanent change via this phone call yeah that'd be nice i don't want to put that pressure on you no i'll, I'll step up i'll do my best yeah. okay here's my first question how much uh, mm-hmm. you said you want to save six months how much do you really have saved right now uh, what do I got to do to get you to never walk back into that office again? What do I got to right do? Right now, I've got. What do I got to do to get you to get back in your car on this phone call and drive away from that office you hate while on this phone call? Oh, I don't. I've got three hundred in savings. I've got. Never mind. Three thousand in my four hundred one k. And is that? Can you access that without penalty? Uh, it's a. 30% tax okay. or 25%. Yeah, never mind. Okay, yeah, no, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, never mind. Because I had, this is the thing, Chris. Okay, yeah, I like uh, that you keep using the power play of saying my name, even though I don't know your name. Well done, and I don't yeah. want to know your name. This is a con- well, that's it's anonymous. I, but it's I a power very, move. It's nice. I felt like 
immediately I was going to be saying my name. I don't need to know your but, name. So, so you're someone who's well aware that there's all these things you could be doing that would give you a life that you would enjoy more. Why do you not? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do you stop those things? What is it that makes you feel like you don't deserve those things? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if I feel I don't deserve nice things, but I think I put myself in a position where I know I won't get those things. Is it a fear of failure? It's a great question. But, yeah, no, I had... Uh, I had about $3,000 saved. I'd taken a week off work, and the plan was just to get ready to quit, look for other jobs, kind of part-time things. And then the day of my vacation, my car broke down, Uh, and all my savings went into fixing the car. That Just so I could have it to keep going back to work. Well, I tell you, I, I, I once read a, re- a very fascinating book all about the nature of poverty. And it said it, one of the cut and dry things is that it's not a mystery. One of the very cut and dry things is that people's cars suck up all their money. It's, it's, yeah. it's, not a, it's not an uncommon thing to be a slave to your car so you can get to a job to just sustain. It's a very sad and scary place to be. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's the kind I'm sorry of thing that happened. I knew- I knew when I was doing it, like, I'm blowing my savings to fix this car to go back to the job I was going to quit. That's horrible. So you had a week where it was go time. Operation, get the fuck out. And it instead became, pray that the mechanic doesn't say this costs more money. Oh, wait, he said it costs even more money. And it instead becomes operation, go back to work. Yeah, and it was, I got it fixed, and it broke down again, and I was like, oh, gr- uh, spark plugs, and Ugh. whatever the fuck. That sucks. So, so here's a question I have. Mm-hmm. You sat in your car for half an hour today. Yeah. We've now been on the yogurt phone. Yogurt and banana. Eating yogurt, and you sit in, sit in your car eating, yogurts and, eating yogurt and bananas. <laughs> We've now yeah. been on the phone for over 17 additional minutes. This is 47 minutes that you're not working. Sounds to me like you're yeah. not concerned at all about getting in trouble. There's No, I've, uh, there was a point, and it's still kind of ongoing since the summer, of trying to get fired. Okay, so and actively trying to get fired. it doesn't happen. Okay, so then. Yeah, of actively shirking responsibilities. You found out that and you. And then that, makes it, that feels worse. <laughs> It does. It feels worse. You don't feel like you're getting away with it's something. Like, oh, you don't feel like you're sticking it to the nothing, bed. You just, you're not holding me to a very high standard. <laughs> so you feel like you're existing in a, a, a purgatory. You're in a purgatory. Yeah, no, that's what I've talked to my friend and she quit last year that like, oh, this is purgatory. So you're in a job where you can I'm, not work as long as you clock in. As long as you clock in, I, you get paid. But that's all you get. And if you just wander the halls eating yogurt. Okay. Yeah, I wander the halls. I go to the exercise room. There's an exercise room. I kind room. of. So yeah, it's a, <laughs> a stationary bike and like two free weights. So you, this is like a, uh, this, you're living in like a Camus novel. Yeah. This is like an existentialist. French, you just exist. Can, I think I would have pronounced that Camus. 
Camus. Right. I mean, I completely All could right. be wrong. I'm I'm white trash no, from New I think Jersey. You're right. He is he is French. I'm pretty certain he's French. Yeah. Yeah, I'm existing in a Kafka-esque <laughs> labyrinthian bureaucracy. A world where there's no consequences. Yeah. You're pushing buttons no and you don't even know what the buttons do. Yeah, there's no uh, rewards and there's no punishments. So here's, here's, here's something that's occurring to me. There's things you want to be doing and researching and finding out about and seeing if there are options. Is there no world in which the last 47 minutes that you've been eating yogurt and talking to me could have been spent just doing those things on your company's dime? Yeah, I do that sometimes. A lot of it turns into, I tried to make the goal to apply to like one job I'd actually like a day, but that got a little exhausting. I couldn't keep it up every day. So you were trying but, to find opportunities that would be more fulfilling and it got exa- it made you tired. It got too yeah. exhausting. Yeah, it's just every day. Yeah. I like you, man. Well, I like you too. I like you. I think you're going to find your way out of this. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. Can I ask how you got here? Because we're talking about how to find our way out of it, but we haven't really talked about, like, mm-hmm. so I guess I don't know how old you are. I don't know anything about you. Like, what, you know, where, because it, it sounds to me like this is a situation that you wound up in that you didn't, this, you weren't aiming for this. Yeah. So you got sidetracked and then stuck here. Yeah, I didn't plan on, like, oh, I'm going to do accounts, I'm going to do customer service for accounts payable companies. So how'd you wind up there? And I love, I love the way you say that. I love just with the blunt recognition. There's something really beautiful to me about a, a guy who works hard, a working hard guy, a working class guy who knows in one sentence he can say, no, I didn't plan on doing customer service for accounts payables companies. So you know you wound up in a yeah. somewhat ridiculous situation. How do, where does it start? Not even thinking about the job. Where does it start? Where do you come from? How do you grow up? What are you thinking about when you're in school? Do you go to college? Do you go where? Where? How does it all lead to this? How does it all lead to this? Where we have oh, this chance to talk, of, and this is what you're telling a, me. Where do you want me to start? The beginning. We got. We got forty minutes. Be- we got thirty-nine minutes. The beginning of my life. Yes, I want to hear about the beginning yeah. of your life because if this is what you're telling me, about, if the, okay, if uh, the thing we get to well, talk about, if we get on the be... phone and what you want to talk about is this job and how to get out of it, I need to know the background on this. All right, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some good shit for you, Chris. Yeah, man. This seems like a good time. Take a quick break. We're gonna be right back with the conversation. It'll just be after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Merge Records, which makes me feel very cool because they're the label that over the last 25 years has been home to many great bands, including Arcade Fire, Spoon, Neutral Milk Hotel. Let's not forget the Mountain Goats in there, who one of the first times I made out with my wife, we listened to Going to Georgia afterwards. It was really romantic. Going to Georgia. On March 25th, Merge will release Patch the Sky, the latest album from rock guitar legend Bob Mould. Husker Du, it's Sugar, what are we, it's legendary. Visit MergeRecords.com to discover and purchase music by Bob Mould and over 100 other Merge artists. Listeners of this podcast, this is rad because I hope there's a lot of music fans listening to this show. 
You get 20% off any order using coupon code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. And as always, domestic shipping, free. That's cool. That's DIY spirit right there, baby. Go to MergeRecords.com, enter BEAUTIFUL at checkout. You'll receive 20% off your purchase. Please support them because it makes me feel really cooler than I am that they advertise here. And I'd love to continue this relationship. Okay, enough of that. Let's get back to the call. Okay, the beginning. Uh, Take me back to the beginning. Give me the good shit, dog. All right. Uh, I was born in, like, Jackson, Texas. Uh-huh. That's, I guess you can track me down from that. I'm, I not, believe, I'm I not going to. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to yeah. stalk you, I promise. No. I I realize that. And I spend most of my time at work in the Chris Gethers show chat rooms. Okay. You could fig- you could figure it out. Okay. Well, now you're giving away too but, much. Now oh, you're giving away too much. It's not. It's too okay. Much. It's I'm fine. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I believe the doctor that delivered me, I believe, was Ron Paul. What? Right, Ron Paul, the, the libertarian. Yeah, Ron Paul's father. The yeah, he was the OBGYN and. Uh, <laughs> And the congressman in the district I'm from. And so you, you, okay. I'm, I'm just getting overwhelmed here, but I'm loving this. So you, you come into the world. You, the very. I ask you about the beginning of your life, and the answer is that you were delivered into the world by rabble-rousing outsider politician Ron Paul. It's a beautiful start. Yes. Beautiful start. Keep going. I don't want to stop this. That was train. the beginning. Yeah. Uh. Well, and I'll it, I'll just add this to that day. Uh, when I was born, my mom had been in prison, and they let her out of prison to have me. Wow, huge! So yeah. again, easy for me. I'm 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 a I'm a, oh, a white guy living in New York City. Easy easy for me to laugh, but this is genuine here. Yeah. Some deficits, some deficits from the start that you've had to fight through. So kudos to you. Kudos to you. So I was raised by my grandparents. Before we move on, and if it's not comfortable, you yeah. have to share it. Can I ask what your mom was no, in prison I'm, for? Uh, mostly uh, drugs and the types of things you do to get drugs. Yeah, yeah. Like theft and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of friends who have gone down that road. Yeah. Well, that's it's just that kind of cycle. Okay, so Ron Paul delivers you. Your mom is sent back. Mm-hmm. Your mom's sent back to the the jail. Your mom's sent back to the clink. Yeah. Grandparents raise you. Yeah. Is there anger there when you're a kid? Is there anger? Is there confusion? Uh, I would. I don't remember being angry then. I'd say I know now, and I realize more. I do have a lot of anger. Yeah. Wouldn't be shocking that it comes from a lot of that. Uh-huh. So but great. as a kid, I remember it being mostly like, oh, this is just, I don't know any different. Fair. Yeah, and that's, that's a beautiful thing about childhood. Sounds to me right off the bat, yeah. you're saying that. Sounds like your grandparents were pretty rad. Yeah, no, they were great. I sounds think like they did a great job. They let you be a kid, which is a thing that you might not have had. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any, do you remember like in positive, like your grandparents ever throw you just a really great birthday party or anything, anything that stands out where you're like, they, they were great. Yeah. I think, uh, 
every day they tried to overdo it. Okay, so they I were think If anything, I had kind of a uh, too good of a childhood. They tr- they did their best to overcompensate every way they could. Because yeah, so that because they probably want to that situation. They want to make sure you don't miss out on having a mom. They probably also have some guilt about like our daughter wound up in prison. Yeah, our daughter like, fucked up. So let's make sure this let's make sure this kid has everything. Yeah. Okay. So keep let's keep going through this. Where are we going? Just from childhood up? I well, you've uh, listen. If it's on me, and my, my job here is to get numbers, baby. You got to remember this, okay? Yeah. I'm all about this honest conversation. I'm also a businessman, and my job is to get numbers. And I said, tell me about your childhood. The first thing you told me, first two things, Ron Paul delivered me. My mom was in prison, okay? I can feel, I can feel the numbers going through the roof. So if you're down to keep talking, childhood thus yeah. far, you've been shooting three-pointers and nailing them, my friend. As far as the fascination Uh, factor, this is fascinating. Small town Texas kid born to an imprisoned mom by Ron Paul. I want to hear more. uh, So I can go a lot of places. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Now, I didn't – now I know my dad now. We have a pretty good relationship. That's good. I did not know who my dad was until I was 14. 14, Okay. There was kind of a different guy I thought was my dad, some balding, red-headed redneck. So you thought your dad was some redneck. Sounds like a person you're not thrilled about being your dad. Well, I, mean, I only child. met him once. So you but, met a guy yeah. once and thought he was your dad, and it was a bummer. Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, do you think this guy's your dad? Your uh-huh. mom was married to him when she had you. Oh, okay. But... My dad was the guy my mom was married to before that. Uh huh. They got they got married in high school in Montana. Moved down to Texas. Got divorced. Then hooked up ten years later at the fair. At the fair. Yeah, at the fair. Wow. And then that's where I came from. I was a carnival baby. Hold on. You got to give me permission to laugh at the phrase carnival, baby. Because this oh, is yeah, very course. personal. Thank you so much. This is a personal story, and there's a lot of grim details to it. But you can't use the phrase, yeah. I was a carnival, baby, and not expect me to laugh a little bit. Yeah, no. Now, when uh, you say they hooked up at the fair, do you mean they saw each other at the fair, remembered their old flame, went back to one of the, one or the other's house, and had a night of lovemaking to remember the old times? Or... Are you saying ran into each other at the fair and then behind the fucking Gravitron you get conceived? I I think it's more the latter. You think you were conceived at the fair? I actually, I talked to my brother about this recently about like grilling my dad on it and getting my answer. Please. Because I don't want to be crass. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but you're telling me your perception is you were like conceived behind a corn dog stand. Yeah, I, I imagined in the bathroom, but I don't know. Fair, but at the bathroom at a fair, that's probably a porta potty, right? Yeah. Man, you have had to think hard about the circumstances we, of your conception more than almost anybody I've ever met. Yeah, well, knowing the details and piecing it together, it's kind of like, well, I hope it. 
it, it's a better story if it's at the fair. So you do want it and to it, be a good story. It sounds like you got good grandparents. Yeah. You got you got your brother a good guy. You close with your brother. Yeah. So you got a good you got a good support net here where you're able to talk about this stuff and it doesn't it's not. Yeah, I talk about it with my me and my brother and stepmom. I had conversations of like, do y'all think it's up fair? So you got a stepmom, so you're back in touch with yeah. your dad to that degree. Yeah, we got back in touch, and almost immediately he kind of tried to take credit for the kid he didn't know about. Oh, in a in a so way you been, respect, or in a way, or you, did you? Yeah, it's been. He stepped up. I think it's. Yeah, it's as good of a relationship as it could have ended up being. Yeah, for a fourteen-year absence. Yeah, he he got in. He I mean, got he, in there as best he could. But I've been asking him to buy me a car. He could step up there, Chris. Yeah, he could. But he's not into. That. Yeah, it's not that bad. Are you again? If you don't want to share it, I don't know how old you are. Feels to me like if you're in your twenties, I could see him buying you the car. Are you out of your twenties or are you in your twenties? Yeah. I'm just turned twenty seven. Twenty seven, all right. So right on the cusp yeah. where he's probably like, ah, I could buy a car, I could Yeah. But he also probably feels like, come on, you can figure it out. Yeah. And there's some validity. Three to that. years to thirty. There's some validity to that, right? Yeah. So okay, so born. Ron Paul brings you into the world. Your mom's sent back to prison. Mm-hmm. Nine months earlier, uh, she, at a fair, rekindled an old flame. You grow up, grandparents, yeah. overcompensating. You might be in a little bit of a bubble. 14, you meet your dad. Things are there. Okay, that's the beginning of high school. What's next? What's next? I went to college. I got a history degree. Uh-huh. I had I got teacher certification and I was just kind of like ah fuck it wow okay so this is is this where the self sabotage uh, really starts yeah uh, probably around then yeah that's when it starts to probably become actual around, life decisions I've, yeah i feel like in college it was a good structure for me because even if i have my criticisms of it i knew like oh get the paper done do this move forward in this way I had the structure that a uh, hyper ADHD kid probably needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I kind of got out and was like, well, I don't, I don't want to teach history at a yeah, middle why school history? or something. Why history? Like, why? I, I liked it. Yeah. Any particular period and, of history? Any focus? Or just history in general? Yeah, I, li- I like modern history, kind of World War One to present. Uh-huh. Global politics and current events. Uh-huh. Those kinds of things. I think uh I mainly switched my major to history because it's something I realized that I was a big fan of like Lost, maybe Wikipedia, Star Wars, things and I'd spend so much oh, time wait, kind of what? built how does liking Star Wars lead to you being a history major? I'm sorry I interrupted, but you have a real good ability to just slip in things that are really making me so happy. Wikipedia. The word Wikipedia yeah. was said. I didn't see that coming at all. It blindsided mm-hmm. me. I apologize for interrupting. So how does that lead to you being a history oh, no. major? I realized, especially with like developing kind of an encyclopedic knowledge of Lost and things like that, 
I was kind of like, well, your brain is built that do, way. Yeah. I know I can do this. I know I can store these facts and go way overboard correcting people on this, these made up universes. Yeah. I know at least I can do well in kind of the same structure, but with real things. Right. So you can memorize details about battles, about strategies, about planning and what went into periods in between wars. And if somebody writes a paper and says, tell us all about the the landing at Incheon in Korea, if that's how you pronounce that, I'm dumb. Yeah, but you can, I don't know. You can, you can spit all that out. You can research that and you can retain that and you can break it down and you can tell that story back to that person. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. something I realized I can, if I'm going to get through college, that's one thing I can see being good at. Uh-huh. That's true. I know I can get by. And if it's something I'm interested in, it's easy. Yeah. I can do it. So you get the history degree. You realize maybe mm-hmm. a history degree is not the most practical, easy thing to practically yeah. apply. You get a teaching degree. feels like a very good background or like a very good next step. Decide you don't want to teach history. You don't want to go into a middle, middle school, like you said. So it seems, yeah. okay, so you've made some decisions there on what you don't want to do. And how does it, how does it lead to, uh, I assume you graduated around 22, 23. That's when most people graduate. Yeah. Now we're four to five years later. What are the decisions between then and then, then and now? Because you uh, you decided what you didn't want to do, and now it's five years later, and you still don't know what you do want to do. Yes. Well, I got out of school, and I was living in a trailer park. Uh huh. My friends that moved into the trailer next to me, she was working at this company. Uh huh. Uh. Right? I, should I name names? Hey, that's up to you. If, if it feels uncomfortable well, or awkward, we can bleep it well, out. No, uh, Just for identification purposes, I'm you not, mean? Yeah, I'm not going to name someone's name. I'm going to name the name of the company. Sure, I don't care. Who cares? Because I think it adds a lot to the story. Uh-huh. The company is called Bank Tech. <laughs> Bank Tech? Yeah. So you're, you're stuck in a job you hate, and it's through a place... Called Bank Bank Tech. Yeah, I've never heard a more hateable corporate name than Bank Tech. I know, isn't it? It sounds. It's like they were trying to be a made-up company. It sounds like a thing Mike Judge would make up. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. <laughs> so you're just wait. You're just wandering the halls, waiting for Bank Tech to fire you. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, man. Okay, man. Okay, I got it. Okay. So you're just wandering around, not talking to anybody, going on an exercise bike, sitting in your car, praying that bank tech forces you to leave because you you don't have the means to, yeah. to do it. So you need them to force you out, to kick you in the ass. Yeah, because and if they force me out, I either cash can cash out my four hundred one k or get severance pay. Right. Right. God damn, man. Bank tech adds a whole new layer to it. But I know. Because I, I want to get to what's underneath this, if this is okay. Because I'm so glad I asked what's behind okay, it. Yeah. Your whole thing is I want to get out of this job. But I'm, I'm, I, here's the thing I wonder about. Because, again, you know, I complain a lot in my work about getting bullied and stuff growing up. But I've had it relatively easy. And I know that 
you're a guy who I can say, for you to just wind up being a guy with a head on your shoulders, that sounds to me like a victory. It sounds to me like there were a lot of factors yeah. lined a lot of factors lined up where you're not the type of person who's even supposed to graduate college, if I'm speaking frankly. A person yeah. a person born to parents in prison, the 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 you know, the 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 the, de- the deck is stacked against them. So you fought through. You're a fighter. You've been a fighter at points in your life. Because to get to that point, that's mm-hmm. not easy. Yeah. Nobody would have blamed you if you were the kid, like, burning other kids with cigarettes in high school. Nobody would have blamed you. They would have blamed your parents. Yeah. You weren't that kid. You went to college. You got a degree. Yeah. You're a fighter. That's what my brother, my brother did tell me that recently. Like, he said, you've already won. So... Don't stress out that much. Just do it. Just do what you want. And how'd that? How'd that? How'd that sit with you? It felt good for someone that knows me to say that. Yeah, and it sounds totally true. But it sounds to me like you. Yeah. It sounds to me like you. Uh, you you won round one, but you want to fight yeah. more. You want to fight more rounds. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Really like. It, do you, I don't know, I don't know. Do you feel like you're not supposed to take it further? No. Do you feel like you so. don't, is it, is it just you don't know how? Yeah. Do you still know your mom? It could be part of it. Mm-hmm. What? Do you have a relationship with your mom? No. Have you ever? No. Yeah. Do you like, want? Do you, she's been around in and out of prison. Yeah. But it was the kind of thing like we had some awkward dinners at like a Chinese buffet and stuff. So sad. You've had some sad interactions with your mom. Yeah. And, that's, that and it was the kind of thing where I put in some effort around the time I was in college and she yeah. seemed to be doing well. Yeah. But it. I kind of realized, like, oh, even if I hold nothing against you, even if I'm not bitter, this isn't really going to be repaired. This isn't going to be much more than it is. Yeah. So you have to walk away from that one at some point. And it sounds like you're the one putting in all the effort, so. Yeah. So what is, uh, you take a step back. You're sitting in your car. You're daydreaming. Mm-hmm. If money's no object, if background is nothing to overcome, it, what's the dream? What would it be with none of those factors? What would the dream job be? What would the dream life be? I'm, what's the dream life? I don't know if I can confidently give you an answer on that. Wow. That is a tough one. Yeah. What makes you happy on a daily basis? What are the moments that wake you up? I don't know. 
What do you mean the moments that wake me up? The things that get me, light my fire, get me going? Yeah, like the things that make you feel like you're not just smoking weed to numb yourself until you got to wake up the next morning and go back to bank tech and sit in the car. What are the uh, moments where you feel like you're actually living and not just uh, punching the clock on your, at bank tech and fixing your car? Like, what are the moments that you feel like, fuck yeah, I'm actually doing it? I don't know. I feel like there there are things that I get excited about, music or TV or something. I love your show. Thanks, man. But I feel a lot of those those things I'm living kind of vicariously through. Uh-huh. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not I'm not out there living or I'm not out there doing. Uh-huh. And are you still in a small town? No. You're in a city? Yeah, I've moved. So is it a city that has, uh, can I ask, is it a city that has culture like that? Does it have a culture of comedy? Does it have a culture of music? Do you go experience those things live in person? Yeah, not lately. Lately it's been go to work, go home, internet, drink, smoke sleep repeat so we can call we can call this one honestly you're giving up a little bit huh no i'm not giving up do you feel like i am am i shutting down i don't know i mean i don't know you at all beyond this uh beyond the past 43 minutes of our time together but i'll say sounds to me like what you're describing is someone who entered the world under circumstances that i think most people would say Baby shouldn't have to enter the world with those deficits. And it sounds to me like you fought. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like you fought all the way through college. And then it sounds like after college, it sounds like you stopped fighting. But I don't really know. But that's just what it sounds like based on what you're telling me. It sounds like you, uh, you've you stopped fighting. Yeah, and that, that's, that's accurate, I think. It sounds to me like... I think I've- a lot of the stuff you were talking about earlier of like, I want to get out, get a new job, figure out what it is, take an improv class, see what my thing is, experience it. seems like to me, like the main thing is you got to get fighting again, right? Yeah. I just got to do it. But you don't know what it is. And uh, yeah. And you have no answers. Are you still in Texas? Yeah. You ever think about getting out of Texas? Yeah. I feel like I, I've never really entertained it as a real possibility, but it's something I've thought about the last year. Or so, like maybe I just need to make a bigger change to force myself to get moving some do move in some direction. And let me ask you this: I haven't asked you this currently. Friend unit, mm-hmm. friend unit, love life. These other things outside of the professional life that round you out. These other platforms. How are they doing? Friends, I've got friends, a lot of friends I don't hang out with enough. Uh-huh. A lot of things I, a lot of the things I'm saying like, oh, I'm not doing, I've got all my friends that are doing improv or at a comedy club or somewhere I could just show up at, and be, but I'm just not doing that. So this is depression. Yeah, I think so. And I think I've had plenty of friends and girlfriends say, you're depressed. You've got problems, with, and I, and I think I kind of I, 
in denial. I've been there. For, I spent yeah. many years there. And I get it's hard. It's hard to uh, it's hard to admit that, and people judge it, and and uh, and it's hard to just kind of suck it up and go get help. But it's some. It sounds to me like you're well aware that you gotta. Yeah. And it sounds to me like you've found some things that kind of numb you to it, but nothing that's actually making mm-hmm. some progress to get out of it. Like drinking, yeah. and, drinking and weed will uh, get you through yeah, the yeah, day, but get me anywhere good. And you've brought up improv a couple times. I wonder. Like, yeah. I wonder why you're not just doing it. That's what I'm wondering. Why you're not just doing it? You say meditating changes your day, and then you just don't do it. Improv, you just don't do it. And I yeah. know it's not easy. And I know that's part of why it's like a thing that needs medication and treatment. And I'm in. I take those medications. Those treatments. Mm-hmm. But what do I, what do I got to do to get you off this phone? What do I got to do that when you get off this phone, you actually pick up the phone and call one of those improv friends and ask them how to get involved? How what do I got to what do I got to do here? What do I got to do? You tell me what I got to do because I want to help. And we got 13 minutes left, and then the phone uh, gets hung up, and I might never speak to you again in our whole lives. And this one is I'm yeah. gonna think about forever. How do I get you out of a company called Bank Tech? What do I do to make a company called Bank Tech be a thing that's not a factor in anyone's life? Because Bank Tech right, sounds. Right, I've got to. That's the first dragon I've got to slay, right? You do. You got to slay that dragon. That's the perfect way to yeah. phrase it. How do I get you to slay this dragon, my man? And no, but here's the thing. I would even say this. You can. There's a way for you to live a life where you have to, because you have to go there right now, and that's miserable, and you don't yeah. like it, and it's fine. But what's the other shit you can be doing? What's the shit you can be doing at night to just get yourself feeling fulfilled a little bit? Get yourself feeling like like uh, you know, there's something after it that's not just go home and wait for the next time at Bank Tech. What do I got to do on this mm-hmm. one? How do, how do we do this? What do we do? I don't Right, I gotta. I just gotta get motivated, right? Yeah. And, uh, do you have a Do you have a pep talk? How do I start fighting? I feel like this whole phone call's been the goddamn pep talk. Yeah, that's. I don't know if you can do more. But I want to so bad. Right? Isn't it on me? It is on you, but it's t- it's a tough thing to say because it sounds like it sounds like you've lived a life where it's always been on you, and I don't like that. I don't think that mm-hmm. that's fucking fair. And yeah, I bet I, I bet that gets exhausting. I bet it gets exhausting for you to always have to be the one to just keep pushing, keep pushing. I bet that's fucking exhausting, and it has been from day one. Yeah, and I, that might be part of what this... Uh, I kind of achieved some goals, felt good, and just got lazy, let things go. Well, I always think it's not lazy. To me, it's not laziness. It's that... You know, you set your goals when you're young, and then you realize those goals are actually achievable, and then you're left holding the bag going like, well, wait, I thought that was going to take my whole life. Yeah, kind of what's next? Yeah, like it seems to me like we, you know, I think, I don't know if this is everywhere in the world, but Americans, the sense I get is we definitely kind of like put ourselves in the center of uh, this idea of like there's a story that's going to have a beginning, middle, and end, and then you get to something that feels like an end, and you're like, oh, wait, I have to live 60 more years. Oh, shit. Yeah. But I just got to start taking the small steps, right? Doing the things. Dude, go to see a comedy show tonight. You should be going to see a band or a comedy show every night. You should be staying out late and talking to people every night because it sounds like you have a job where you could show up and literally go to sleep and no one would care. 
Yeah. It sounds no like if you got or it wouldn't matter. It sounds like if you got four hours of sleep every night because you were out experiencing art and hanging out with people and doing crazy things and just living, you could come into Bank Tech, say hello, lay down under your desk, wake up eight hours later, and do it all again, and there would be no consequences. Yeah. Go out every night. I haven't been. I haven't been living. You gotta live. I've been. I feel like I get off work and I'm like, oh, I eight hours of sleep. Let's get through traffic and get home. Get eight hours. You hate that. You gotta stop doing it. What is tonight? Tonight's yeah. Monday. Something. There's something cool going on. You're in a city. I'm just gonna ask. Yeah. I don't know. My heart is bleeding a little bit. What city are you in? I know that this might identify you. What city are you in? Can I ask? No. Okay. I'm in Dallas. Dallas. There's shit to do in Dallas. The Dallas yeah. Fort Worth I, area. One of the best meals of my life was eating at Joe Garcia's in Dallas. Is that it? You know that place? Yeah. It's a great place. No. No, you don't. Yeah. I, li- I live in Denton. I work in Dallas. Denton has a huge music scene. Denton's like an art hub of Texas. You're in the middle of it all. Go. You go see the Marked Men. You go see the Mind Spiders. Even I know the bands that are in Denton, and I live in New York. You go. You live in Denton. Yeah. It's full of college people who are beautiful and young and making mistakes. You're in Denton. You got to just go. There's stuff everywhere. It's one of the arts hubs. It's one of those places that you find out about that's like an oasis in a place that has a... a a, a reputation for not being cultural and then you got a place like Denton and it's not even Austin that's all blown out it's Denton that's still pure you gotta go you gotta just go outside what do you no. you got this there's I know the bands you could be seeing yeah the marked men are like Denton legends in the punk world and they did it all themselves there's a huge DIY community you got this it's right there you just gotta walk in and be a part yeah. of it you're a well spoken guy and a clearly a nice guy. You can do it. Yeah, there's no excu- there's no excuses there. I'm gonna wonder forever if you did it. Should have. I'm gonna wonder forever if you did it. We got seven minutes, and I'm not convinced. Oh, I don't know. I'm not convinced either. No, that's so, like, not I, the answer I, I wanted. Seen, I wanted you to say I've no. This is I, permanent change. I've seen enough of my patterns. You'll know. Oh God. I'll go. I'll go do it, and you'll know. How will I know? Is that what you want to hear? I don't know. No, you're lying to me. I just want you to go be happy and see music and comedy and then wrestle all the autistic kids your heart desires. Are you inside that? Are you still in that weird hallway? No, I'm outside by a tree that I'm taking around. You're by a tree. You're working and they don't care. You're not going to get in any trouble for this. Uh, no, my boss is gone for the week. I need you just start screaming. My, I need you to scream my, as loud as you can. My boss is gone for the week, and I'm in charge of the office. Start screaming. I need you to scream as loud as you can. Break the pattern. Do a thing. That's the first ah! thing. More. Ah! <laughs> More. Ah! That's the first step. That's what I got. That's the first step. You just started screaming in the middle of the day. That's the first step. I think so, man. What just, are, we got We got to. We got to bust this out. Yeah. You've come too far. You've come too far to know that you're. To, you've come too far to know that your wheels are spinning and to not keep going. Yeah, There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. You sound like a genuinely nice guy. Is that true? Are you a nice guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm nice. I think I try to... And you don't have to be. I try to make that my goal, to at least be nice to people. And you don't have to be. The world wasn't nice to you in the beginning. So we're not just yeah. going to let this peter out. Did it feel good to scream or just weird? Yeah, no, it felt good. I'm a, I'm a very loud person. That's good. Great. I'm going to try it. Ready? Yeah. Those birds? Do I hear birds Is back that there? Good? Yeah, there are birds around here. Someone pulled up right next to me or I'd scream. Should I scream anyways? You tell me if it would feel good, if it would feel good to... Ah! Ah! Yeah. Screaming feels good. Those, those birds are really loud, too. Yeah. It's kind of a little nature area out here. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you've convinced me. I was aware of a lot of things, but yeah, I don't have any excuses. Have you said I'm these the things out loud anymore. before? Have you expressed this discontent out loud before this? Uh, yeah, maybe not in this uh, measured of a way of really telling someone like, yeah, this is, I know these are my issues. I'm constantly telling myself, I know I'm drinking too much. Well, that, that's it. Have you thought about, uh, would you say, would you, do you think you're uh, at an alcoholic point? Can I ask bluntly? I, I think I would say no, but then if I, like, wrote down on paper, like, I drink, I go through a six-pack or I went through a bottle of whiskey from, like, Thursday to Sunday, it's not good. Now, can I ask another maybe uncomfortable question? Are you drinking yeah. alone? Are you drinking alone? Oh, yeah, that's only time. Dude, that's step one. And yeah. At least drink with a buddy. At least drink with a buddy. At least drink yeah. in a bar. At least drink in a bar where the bartender's there. Oh, S- yeah, no, because then that, that wouldn't be a problem. That's step one. That's step one. But, yeah, it's just shots of Jameson off the bookshelf. That's it. That's it right there. Yeah. You could be drinking at a music show, or you could be drinking in a comedy club. You yeah, could be killing I, two birds I with one stone. You could be retaining the drinking that makes I'm, you feel good. Yeah, yes, say it. I'm Talk. ten minutes away from Dallas Comedy House. You're killing me. You could be yeah. stopping there. You could be. Do they have? Do they have open mics there? Yeah, open mics. To, I've known for months. Open mics Tuesday. I've got something ready. You've got an act. You've got an act you want to try. Yeah. You're doing it tomorrow. Yeah. You're doing it tomorrow. What time is the open mic? I think it's at seven or eight. Is that so? You you you, you could on the way home from on the way home from work. You could stop. You could get a meal. You could have a courage shot. Yeah. And you could go do it. And it wouldn't even yeah. really affect your commute. It would just be a meal that you eat. Yeah, it'd be uh, right where I'm working. You're doing it tomorrow. Right. Promise me you're doing yeah, it tomorrow. Every, promise me. I'll do it tomorrow. I promise. I you promise. have to. I promise. And if I'm promising you, that holds some weight to it. 
I, I'm telling you, I took my, when you said you work next to the Dallas Comedy House, I took my glasses off and I threw them on this table hard enough that I almost broke them. I'm sorry. No. What's no apologies. Up that bad? No I apologies. You to be doing it, right? No, because you're I right knew, there. Could, you're going to go do and the I open mic. I can tell you exactly, I can tell you the time and day of the open mic. You're ready to do it and you're doing it tomorrow and it's free. We're looking it up on the website right now. It's free. You're doing it tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to do it. And here's what's going to happen is you're going to go and it's going to go terrible. It's your first open mic. It's going to go awful. It's mm-hmm. not going to be fun. You're not going to be funny and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. But you're going to feel fucking yeah. alive, man. You're going to feel alive. Yeah. And do me a favor. Something you're going to do happen. me a favor. You're going to get the movie Akiru by Akira Kurosawa. I know this is pretentious. Watch that movie. Watch that movie. Akiru? A-K-I-R-U? I-K-I-R-U. Promise me you'll watch it. That movie changed my life and got me motivated. We got less than a minute left, and then the phone's going to get hung up, even though I want to talk to you all day. You promise me you do that open mic tomorrow. You promise Uh, me. Yeah. Okay, let's seal the promise. Do you know how we have to seal the promise? How do we seal it? Both at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Ah! Ah! I'm gonna do an open mic tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'll do it tomorrow. Scream it! I'm gonna do an open mic tomorrow. You scream that one less loud. I, you, I felt you. <laughs> I felt you not committing. I felt you not committing to it. I, yeah. I'm no! gonna do an open mic tomorrow. Fifteen seconds left, and I just felt like you're gonna bail on it. Ah. Uh. Well, I'm gonna do my best. Don't bail. I wanna make Chris Geth. I wanna do it for Chris Geth. Do it for me, man. Four, I'll, three, two, one. Our phone's gonna I'll, cut off. Do it. I love you. All right. Love you too. This is, of course, the uh, infamous iconic song from the swing scene in Ikiru, the 1952 Kurosawa movie. I pretentiously mentioned at the end of that call, if you have seen that movie, your heart is now ripped out of your chest because it's heartbreaking. Highly recommend that movie. And of course, it's in Japanese. I'll translate the lyrics for you. What they mean is go do an open mic in Dallas. The only one who can change your life is you. Thank you to that guy for the anonymous call. It was really uh, so inspiring to talk to you and to hear your life story and you were brave and shared so many details and that's beautiful guys if you like the show go to itunes subscribe rate review those things help so much more than you guys even realize i i know it's gross to ask you to do it but do those things if you like it i want to thank john i want to thank greta for turning this into not just me screaming with a stranger but into an actual coherent a product, a money-making product, which is what we do here at Earwolf East, man. You don't want your producer dancing in your video, man. Come to the East Coast. I'm trying to start a fight where I'm the Diddy, and I assume Hillary Frank will be the biggie of Earwolf East. And of course, I have to thank my friend Shellshag for contributing to the theme music. What a great band. They're beautiful. They're in love. Anyway, ChrisGeth.com for touring dates. TheChrisGethardShow.com if you're interested in that. Support all the Earwolf shows. I'm so lucky to be a part of this. And if you ever want to call, keep your eye on Twitter. That's where we plug when we're taking calls. So hopefully I'll talk to you someday. Beautiful Anonymous. Easy. Just kiss me. Face to face. How about a little sneak peek on next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
Where, where did you go when you were 10? Where did, what did you need a passport for when you were 10? I'm from a Jewish family, so my parents went took me to Israel. Oh, nice. We did the old uh, pilgrimage. Yeah. Are you Orthodox? Are you an Orthodox guy? I'm not, but I grew up Orthodox. Well, you grew up very Orthodox, and then you walked away from it. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. I used to have a black hat and all that stuff. You did? You wore the hat? Yeah. Are you, is your family still Orthodox? Yeah. Did you all shift away, or did you break away from the family? Just me, yeah. Ooh, so that's a thing. It didn't go over well. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. It's such a good movie. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, I got to go get some shit done, man, because I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. It's the best, the most motivating movie. Oh, yeah, those are the real lyrics. Life is so short. Fall in love, dear maiden, while your lips are still red, and before you are cold, for there will be no tomorrow. Look at his sad face. That's a comedy podcast. <laughs>